You're listening to another episode of Carte Blanche, the podcast. All the stories you've come to love on a Sunday night, plus some extra content exclusive to the podcast. Don't forget to follow and subscribe. But for now, enjoy today's episode. It's an industry often accused of holding local authorities and other motorists in a chokehold. Earlier in August, taxi drivers in Cape Town abruptly went on strike, claiming they were being unfairly targeted by police and law enforcement officials. Much of the city descended into chaos, and violence soon followed as buses were set alight and sporadic looting flared in various hotspots. Efforts to negotiate a settlement went nowhere. Then, with five people dead, the strike ended as abruptly as it had begun. In the aftermath, Erin looks back at a week of high stakes and high drama. It started like any other winter morning, but by the afternoon, everything had changed. A show of force from the taxi industry locked the city down, with worse to come. On Thursday, the 3rd of August, Cape Town taxi bosses called a meeting with private transport providers and opposition political parties. And from there, they launched a stay away with immediate effect. Mandla Hermanus, the chairperson of the South African National Taxi Council, called for a transport strike. All of us, we have now to say enough is enough. Within minutes of the meeting ending, buses were targets. Then private cars and people too, in a campaign of urban terror. Despite the turmoil, one city bakery was determined to keep the oven on and tweeted updates on what staff endured as they tried to get to and from work. Jackie Beast employs 20 people to make fantastical cakes for Cape Town. In the chaos of the strike, her baker, Penelope Ntiane, could not find her grandson. Her grandson of 11 years old was still missing. So she didn't want to leave. She didn't want to get out of contact. And um, we, we were panicking on her behalf. Finally, she got home at nine o'clock and she said, but Klaklambile is not home yet. So this is when I got into Twitter and I said, I need help. I was looking up and down the people, they were standing on the queue, but I didn't manage to stand on the queue because of him. I was looking up and down, looking up and down, looking for him. I was crying at the same time, but I didn't know, I didn't want the people to see. I was crying. The traumatized child hitchhiked and walked home, arriving two hours before midnight. It, it's just not on. This is, it's not on that the taxis do this to our children and our old people and my staff, the few people who are earning a living in our country who are employed and they are forced to walk along the highway to get home. This is not right. This is evil. Some of the bakery employees live in Kayamandi near Stellenbosch. Here, as in many other hotspots, criminal elements looted and burnt. But a resolute cordon of armed officers held the line, day in and day out. The Minister of Police was on the scene. A total of five murders 
were recorded during the period in question. Some breaking news from South Africa, but relating to a British man. One of the victims was a British surgeon. He was murdered in his car in Nyanga in front of his wife and toddler. It is believed that he took a wrong turn from the nearby airport while he was driving to other people. A group then approached the vehicle and shot him. A law enforcement officer was shot dead on the same day, leaving behind a family of four. A taxi driver was among the fatalities. 120 people have been arrested. It's important that while the law enforcement is taking place, people must be negotiating. The local taxi industry had placed demands on the table. They want more permits, they want state subsidies and exclusive high-speed lanes. But most of all, they want to halt what they say is an unfair campaign to impound taxis for breaking the law. As long as our vehicles are impounded at this rate, we have to continue to show that we are not happy. Previous protests had led to the setting up of a special task force for negotiations. But three days before the strike, detente had broken down. It was at the station deck in the city centre that a law enforcement operation turned ugly. And taxi bosses were so enraged by dramatic footage of the incident that they walked out of talks with local government leaders. The taxi industry blamed law enforcement in general, but Cape Town's controversial mayoral committee member, J.P. Smith, in particular. But Smith insists the clip was taken out of context as people inside the taxi had first shot at officers from behind tinted windows. The lawful instruction was given to the occupants to exit the vehicle. The occupants declined. A lawful instruction then again was given to breach the vehicle. Smith is the face of the crackdown, pushing impoundments and tightening up loopholes with new bylaws. The enforcement's done in terms of a national act, not a city bylaw. And in the case of Cape Town, they may be, they, uh, the argument may be, well, we enforce it too diligently. I don't believe that's true. We get thousands of complaints a week about taxis, thousands. Literally, it's the top uh, complaints category to the city. Midweek, Smith visited the Golden Arrow Bus Company to survey the strike damage. The corner of the Epping Depot is dubbed the graveyard by the company's spokesperson, Bronwyn Dyke Bayer. Within about an hour and a half, our first buses were set alight in Younger Terminus, um, which is traditionally a hotspot for these kind of taxi uh, strikes and stairways. And then another two buses were lost um, later on in the day. On Friday, we lost another two buses um, and then just lots of incidents of intimidation. One of our bus drivers was shot in the leg uh, during a burning incident. So very, very difficult operating circumstances. During the strike, police escorted a skeleton bus service, protecting those commuters brave enough to venture out. Santaco shrugged off any blame for the violence with statements circulated on social media. Amid the accusations and denials, the impact on commuters, schools and businesses was devastating. Negotiations were easily thrown off course. On Sunday night, skittish taxi bosses unexpectedly quit talks because their security team were carrying automatic rifles and were denied entry by police. 
Ricardo Mackenzie is the province's lead negotiator. He's stuck to his guns. Impoundments has now seemed to be the only deterrent to stop unroady vehicles, vehicles operating without a driver's license. If you're drunk on the minibus taxi, your vehicle will also be impoundment. And that is one of the big sticking points that I'm surprised that the leaders of Santaco want us to allow a vehicle to continue operating whilst the driver is drunk. There's taxi politics and then there's party politics. And inevitably, a year before a national election, a crisis like this becomes an opportunity for grandstanding. Case in point, the National Minister for Transport, Cindy Siwe Chikunga, appeared to side with Santaco, saying that the city's impoundments may be unlawful. The negotiations has been tough, and being the lead negotiator in that room, when my colleague, the Minister of Transport, whose legislation that I'm implementing, stood up in that meeting, me against 30 men, and sided with them, was the most bizarre thing I've ever seen in my life. It was stalemate. By midweek, concerned community leaders called a special service at St. George's Cathedral. People cannot afford this. I mean, they cannot afford not going to work. Uh, children cannot afford being out of school. What are you going to do about the fact that um, shelves are empty in, in townships? People don't have food. People don't have food. Prayers for peace were attended by taxi leaders and the mayor, Jordan Hill Lewis. Can you deal with the situation like this? You really do need sometimes the wisdom of Solomon to know what is right. And you just have to stand by a few basic principles echoed in our service here today, that violence is ungodly. On day seven of the strike, the mood was somber. The taxi industry was losing 50 million rand a day. We feel the pain of our commuters. We are feeling the pain ourselves because it's our vehicles. It's us who are not going to be able to meet the monthly repayments at the end of this month. All parties have now turned to the courts for clarity on the law and protection from violence. The strategy, in part, allowed a return to negotiations. It is a great relief to say all the taxis are getting back to work. Late Thursday, news broke on social media groups that the strike had been suspended. And in a bitter irony for all Capetonians, the terms of the agreement between Santaco and the city were almost identical to those tabled a week earlier. We contacted the Department of Transport for comment on the minister's statements, but have yet to receive a response. Thanks for listening. In case you missed any of our earlier episodes, you can find them all now on Spotify and all other major platforms. Also, head on over to the Carte Blanche website for more insightful content.